0: To the Med Street Journal. Hello and welcome to another episode of Med Street Journal podcast. My name is Rodney Hu, and today I'm joined by another very special guest, Mr. Omar Shaker. He is the CEO and founder of Resilient Doctor, and he is also focusing a lot on physician burnout and how he's tackling those solutions. He was a medical doctor and data science consultant, um, and he's very active in the healthcare community. So I'm excited to have him on and just give him an opportunity to share his story and what he's doing in the field. Um, So with that being said, Omar, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rodney. It's great to be here. And I'm
1: really excited to to share my story and uh, connect with others who uh, might have a similar one.
0: So why don't we just jump into it real quick. Why don't you give people a brief background of who you are and how you got into healthcare and uh, what your current focus is right now?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to do that. My um, background is that I graduated from medicine, started practicing as a physician in Egypt, which is where I'm from, and I really quickly started having a terrible lifestyle and that was affecting my mental sanity, to be frank. I thought when I'd moved to the States, I would enjoy practicing medicine. I had this dream of becoming a transplant surgeon and I I got a a surgery internship. And then I realized there's way, way bigger problems um, in the States too that affect a doctor's um, not just lifestyle, but overall mental quality of life and the, the the degree to which a doctor can be fatigued and I thought I was experiencing that on my own I looked for a quick career change which I was able to do and I was fortunate enough to be able to have the resources and um, the uh, the network to, to kind of pivot into data analytics and got fascinated by healthcare data and clinical data and what we can do in terms of like predicting diseases like diabetes or alzheimer's using Molecular um markers and uh, and looking at you know things like lab results and being able to sift them, organize them, and realize that there's this this huge opportunity to be able to extract a lot of uh value and provide you know better cures um, but most importantly also make the doctor's job easier, which is what I empathize with so I've worked with a lot of um, big payers and providers in the states. Um, working on like some of these predictive analytics and helping them create more value for uh, patients and, and providers, helping them predict diseases more accurately. Um, and we started tracing back the problem of clinical data because right now, even though we're we're in a digital age, where especially in the US, a lot of hospitals are already digitized and using EMRs. The ones that have been paying the price for it mentally and emotionally are still doctors and so that just brought me full circle through working with these pairs and trying to figure out why is the data coming in in such a useless manner honestly so we have the capacity we have the computing power we have a lot of uh, you know talent to be able to analyze this data and run really fancy algorithms on it but you know the 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 biggest uh, adage in, in, in the data world is garbage in, garbage out, right? And so if the data that's coming in is not helpful then uh, or is not accurate, then the predictions that you're going to do are just are going to be useless. And so we started tracing them back through you know, health information exchanges and then going a step back to physician associations and organizations. And then we realized that a lot of the data that's coming in from physicians are um, – just missing, and uh, and it was like, there like even you know typical lab results are coming in with various standards and uh, very loosely enforced structure, um, and we started looking and realized that a, a big part of the problem is that doctors aren't incentivized, quite frankly, to provide the data because the system has turned them into uh, data entry clerks, and this clerical work, this like busy work, adds a lot of burden on the doctor, and so. Um, like I said, that brought me back full circle into how can we leverage technology and leverage that data to actually improve doctors' lives and thereby, you know, getting to the bigger goal of having clinical data that can actually improve patients' lives. But I firmly believe that if we want to fix healthcare, we got to go back to the, the, you know, the single unit of, of healthcare production, which is the doctor and is quite um, frequently overlooked and so that's right now what i'm focused on 100% is how to help doctors go back to um the medicine that they thought they were getting themselves into and be able to extract more joy and have a more balanced lifestyle that can actually help them um, get you know get stay stay efficient and productive in in a way that also provides high quality care
0: yeah so doctors and physicians they want to get into the practice so that they can practice their specialty do more of what they want to do and less of like you said the data entry sort of tasks and that comes with the abundance of data that's out there that they have to sift and sort through and so you're able to identify this pain point i guess so to say and you want to address that and so when thinking about the solutions to helping this physician burnout, how are you guys sort of facilitating that, and what sort of steps are you guys taking?
1: Well, the first step is awareness. So we've created a program that's based on lifestyle medicine and functional medicine, which looks at a a person and or, or a patient holistically. Um, and so the the five pillars really of Human function and organ function at large are movement, you know, exercise, food, and what you're eating, how you manage stress, how much you're sleeping, and then how you, how supportive your relationships are. And so, the first step of the program is that we help doctors identify what their areas of support are and what their areas are, that need, what areas need development and help them also quantify their health which is something that I've been very fascinated by like how do we look at uh, certain labs and also data from wearables to give them a really really a, give them a complete picture of how healthy they are at any given moment how are you dealing with stress you know what are your cortisol levels how is your body metabolizing food and how much food are you giving it and trying to give them that uh, big picture and then we 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 take them through the program um, Throughout uh, throughout the program, we take them through a journey of addressing different elements and also empowering them with knowledge. So the program has three different um, features to it. The first is a one-on-one coaching session where we help them identify goals that they can achieve in one or two weeks to be able to to be more efficient and effective as a doctor. And then we give them a lot of classes and videos around these five pillars that I mentioned with the latest research about what kind of actions can they do within those five pillars to actually improve their scores and improve their overall um, productivity and decrease their risk of burnout. And then thirdly, using remote monitoring and a mobile application, we, we, we help them stay accountable for these goals that they've set. So with, with the one-on-one coaching, the digital accountability and kind of like game thinking that we apply through the app and the videos and the content, we give them uh, kind of a diagnostic and then a, a treatment for uh, burnout and make sure that they, you know, they have their eye on what the risk is and they understand it completely well so that it doesn't come as a shock when they are feeling down or they are feeling depressed. They know that they have tools at their disposal to use at
0: any given time. Nice, and so you're constantly you're working in the trenches, hand in hand with these physicians and other healthcare professionals. And so you yourself and your company are gathering a lot of data and a lot of feedback from your target audience. And so, what sort of trends are you noticing? What sort of patterns are you noticing with these physicians that you're working with?
1: Yeah, that's been a really interesting. Um experience so far for me because we're asking these physicians uh, what kind of elements they rank highly in, on a Likert score from 1 to 10. Uh, and so we've been asking them about, you know, how do you rank money, family, friends, career, significant others? We have nine different metrics that we use as part of the functional medicine wellness 360 score. And the highest rank, so we've, we've had... Um, about seventy-five doctors um, answered this survey in the past few couple of weeks, and the highest strength trait has has been career, and the the, the average was seven point five um, out of ten. Whereas the the the, the lowest uh, feature was significant other, which uh, kind of goes to show that. This is this, this is the trend. Like when you're in medicine, you keep on thinking, you know, you keep going through these levels and these hoops that seem very impossible. But when, once you pass them, you start feeling invincible yourself. And the narrative is that you become this superhero. The superhero that uh, needs to or is expected to actually give up everything in life for their uh, career. And so career is like always ranked high, but... Um, you know, a lot of these these uh, other metrics have been uh, low. Also, money money comes in a second second lowest uh, trait, and, and so essentially, and you know, I'm, I'm, we're currently working with doctors in the age between twenty five and forty. So they're relatively younger; they're early in their career, but um, they 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 all see themselves as uh, you know their career as in uh, being in a really good place. But then, when it comes to Uh, Things like romance and and even how much they're being compensated for what they do, um, they're ranked really low. And some of the trends that I've been hearing from from the one-on-one coaching sessions um, are that there is this idea that if I take care of my health, if I start doing things that are good for me, like taking time in the morning to connect with my loved ones or journal or do something that is for me and not for others, then I I become a bad doctor. And that's a core idea that I've been finding with a lot of these doctors that we really need to change the culture around. Um, You you need to be, uh, you know, supported to be a better doctor. And um, the trend that I'm seeing is that there's almost a fear of self-care and doing the things that are good for you. And so that's what we're trying to change. Uh, and when it comes to uh, the, uh, the, the overall risk, there, there, there seems to be a spectrum. Um, but most of the doctors that we enroll are on, on like uh, a level uh, six or seven out of seven, which is you know, extremely high. Uh, but the average has still been um, 3.5, which is a high medium. So, you know, and, uh, above four, you, your risk of burnout increases by 85% according to the Mayo Clinic Index. And we are seeing that most of the people that, like the average for everyone that for the survey was around, um, was, was like a 3.6, uh, uh, I believe, or 3.7. And so it's, 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 it's almost there, you know. Um, so it's, it's, there's, there are problems out there that need to be solved. And a big part of it is just this culture of self-care, which doctors seem to almost have some guilt around.
0: Yeah, so what's really stuck out to me as you're explaining all this is as you're dealing with the doctors and getting feedback from them is you're really understanding the psychology of a physician, what they value, what they prioritize versus what they don't. Um, and then what, else, what also stuck out to me is how you are able to identify like their fears that they are thinking of and just how to handle their situation, how to give advice but you're really getting down to like the the root cause of the physician burnout and what's actually leading them to that destination. So you guys are able to take that and see like, okay, this is what they don't want. How can we provide a solution that they do want and how do we get them there?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's that's the goal, is that we the whole the whole functional medicine paradigm too and in, in, in health coaching assumes that you're not it, it kind of challenges also this paternalistic function or, or a culture of medicine, right? Where you as a doctor always know what's best for your patient and prescribe certain things for them. <clears throat> but this, this whole paradigm is um, all about you, you know, deep within you, you know what you need to do. Like, you know, as, as you yourself, as Rodney, like I'm sure you have certain goals around your health, some of which you are, trying to accomplish and others that you might be well a little procrastinating about right and um, but deep within you you kind of know what things you want you want to do with your life Um, and all, all you need to do like sometimes all the support you need is just to get someone to help you stay accountable and help you understand like the bigger vision of these habits right because um, like, like, you tell me, what is, what is one thing that you are trying to, trying to do more of in your
0: life, Rodney, around like some of these pillars that I mentioned? That I'm trying to do more of is figure out how to find my voice, figure out how to provide value to a community, more specific, the healthcare community, like I'm doing with this podcast. Mm-hmm. But trying to figure out how to scale that, you know, and try to figure out how to get my value, my message out to a wider group of people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like you're you're working a lot on like relationships, right? Like you're building a lot of uh connections with people. But it's um if I tell you like that that relationships are like you need to connect with five people every week, um, it sounds like a prescription, it sounds like a board task. But that feeling that you get when you're recording a podcast or when you are um, when your voice gets out there and people get inspired by all these conversations that you're recording then you are fueled yourself by the intrinsic motivation of, well, I need to hit like, you know, my goal and I need to stay consistent with connecting with these people and, and actually creating authentic relationships with them. And, and it's the same with doctors. Like each doctor has their own uh, vision for how they want to be with their patients and how they want to be with uh, what kind of doctor they want to be. And you know, like even being a, a role model, because we're talking about healthcare providers being unhealthy in a very chronic way. So there's this whole idea of like it's not just about exercising or about eating healthy, but it's about being a role model, which is a, a much bigger idea. And that's for some, but others it, it, it's it's more about like how how do I connect with my family? Uh, and for others, it's about um, my my self image and like my self confidence and how that. Um, affects my efficiency at work um and how that how my patients you know if my patients can love me more so it's really about yeah uncovering that psychological piece which is essential um, and needs a human touch to be able to, to to extract that but then being able to use technology to keep them accountable to keep them uh, motivated and um automating a lot of that to be able to scale it up which is you know for us also something we think about a lot just like you like you, you want to um, connect with people at scale and, and we're trying to connect with doctors at scale in the sense that how do we keep coaching them and um, and it's a global problem too so not just how do we keep coaching them at a certain price point but how do we keep also make it affordable so that we can reach as many doctors around the world that's really uh, kind of the vision of uh, building a, a, a platform that doctors love and trust and gives them what they want in terms of their medical practice um, but 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 also is accessible, you know, um, and accessible to to the doctors that need it, which a lot of them might not even afford it, and so that requires some some creativity too.
0: Uh, okay, so I really like that you said having the human touch plus technology. So it's not like technology is taking over; it's really more uh, to supplement the work that you guys are doing. Um, and before we actually jumped on and actually recorded the podcast, we talked a little bit about. Um digital therapeutics and the different things that are changing the game and how you guys are going about it. Um, but you also mentioned AI. and so I want to get your perspective on what role AI is playing in the digital therapeutics um, field and what other sort of things are you noticing? Yeah, um,
1: thanks for asking that. So AI has been around for a really long time, right? And when when we speak about AI, It's really important to understand that this is something that we've been refining and improving over decades. It's not something new, even though um, our our ability to collect and store massive amounts of data and process it uh, at a certain price point is new. So we are looking at like this technology that we've been working on um, uh, that that can now provide real value. And digital therapeutics just provides it with like the best target uh, because digital therapeutics by nature are this like new treatments they're the treatment of the future um, we're we're used to like big pharma right and, and and big pharma is not gonna go anywhere I think but uh, a lot of these molecules in order to for them to be developed require also years of um, clinical trials and FDA approvals and all of that but what's happening is that we're realizing, because of like some pioneers such as Livongo and Omada Health, that the combination of virtual care, human touch, but also con- constant uh, and continuous monitoring through uh, the wearable devices and, and lab results, and then you know adding things like EMR data and environmental data, you can start getting a not just like a full picture of the patient, but you can also start influencing their behavior in a way that can almost guarantee an improvement in a medical condition or a treatment of a medical condition. So in the next few years, we're going to start seeing drugs being uh, drugs coming to light in a digital fashion, and that's already happening. So CVS and Walgreens now, um, actually, I'm not 100 percent sure if both of them have it, uh, but I'm sure that Walgreens has a digital formulary where if someone's a diabetic, they can get prescribed a drug and an app. And with, with applications and with digital, with this whole world of digital therapeutics is really exciting because it's, it's not going to take that long to get a, um, an app on, FDA approved. You know, It's not going to take 10, 10 years. It's probably going to take one to three years. And so I think in the next five to 10 years, we're going to be seeing the market being flushed with a lot of these... Um, digital therapeutics and there are a lot of them that, that are validated out there and you know they're running incredible uh, research capacity uh, alongside um, you know uh, building the technology and building the application itself. Um, so doing it around like clinical trials and stuff <clears throat> validates that this thing actually works and then that's where AI comes in because then you, you have all this data so how can you even go beyond what the therapy is to, to personalize it more and more and be able to say, you know, this works for most people, but this is probably going to work for you because it's worked for people that are similar to you before. And that's where AI starts um, being really interesting. And I think it's going to play a bigger role with, through digital therapeutics before it's, it starts playing in major industry through uh, sifting through, you know, like lots of data with with, with Epic and Cerner because I mean, let's face it. We're we got ourselves in, in like kind of stuck there because um, the 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 data just isn't interoperable. But you have got all these young startups building really cool platforms that actually treat diseases um, and are going directly to the consumer, being powered still by pharma and the FDA now. So that makes it gives it a lot of like a credibility. It's not just one-offs. But you know you're seeing solutions for depression and stress and sleep. <clears throat> and there are all these, like, lifestyle issues that um, ultimately drive most of the costs, right? Like diabetes, hypertension, heart failure, cancer. Those are all lifestyle issues that uh, we've been trying to solve with drugs or molecules that are also uh, not very personalized, right? Because we do, like, clinical trials that are uh, that work for most of the population, and then we assume they're going to work for the rest of the population, uh, but just like you know, genomic therapy too, and, and personalized medicine, digital therapeutics and AI together are, can really create a personalized experience that treats a lot of these diseases that you know we sit and scratch our brains and heads about. Like, okay, what's 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 the best treatment for that? And it takes us decades, but it's going to take us a significant shorter time with these like packaged, remote monitoring, virtual care, and AI. Um, kind of like units that we can provide patients with. So I think it's it's, it's going to be a really exciting time uh, in that space in the future. And what, what we're really trying to crack here is how can we solve the problem of burnout using some of these technologies?
0: Ah, okay. Man, that's, you make it sound super interesting, man. <laughs> um, so I guess one more question I have before we uh, finish with the last exercise is what sort of advice would you have um, for professionals, industry professionals, whether it be the physicians or other people working with physicians to help improve their, their lifestyle, their professional lifestyle? So what sort of advice would you have for those people?
1: Well, the key thing that really changed my life and I think um, is a core part of behavioral change in general, like a key pillar is your morning routine. And, you know, you, you, you read the biographies of uh, people that have been able to accomplish great things, you, you know, go online and read some, some, some blogs, whichever motivational blogs you like, you're going to encounter morning routine, right? And it's not easy because just like in medicine, when we're, we were taught in med school, like if you get a, a patient that's diabetic or that's a hypertensive, You got to give them like these drugs. You got to make these tests, blah, 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 you know, signs, symptoms, all these kind of things. And then lifestyle modification is just like a a one word, right? Like get them to quit smoking, (laughs) eat eat healthier, and start exercising. And you tell them that as though it's really simple, but behavioral change isn't. And what we need to do is constantly trick our minds until it becomes an automatic behavior. And a lot of these automatic behaviors, especially what we do in the morning, are very subconscious and um, causes also a lot of pain. So one thing that uh, led to my own burnout is the fact that when I, as soon as I woke up, I would immediately, of course, start checking my phone and go into my email and uh, immediately got hijacked by thoughts about what I want to do in my day. And what I realized and what I urge everyone that is um, a working professional to do is to give yourself that first hour of the morning it doesn't matter what you do with it Um, and the the idea that even if one hour seems too big just start with a really small step so what we do with our uh, doctors as a very first step in the program is to get them to drink water as soon as they wake up and so you start building this habit and, and you start telling yourself that you care about it, you know, which is a funny thought. But if you think about it, it, it can also determine the rest of your day and kind of like sets the tone that, you know, I'm taking care of myself today, um, which is something that's overlooked. So put a water bottle next to your bed before you sleep. And when you wake up, <laughs> there's nothing better than to get yourself hydrated. It's physically really good, but also keep doing it every day and your mind is going to start thinking of that first hour or the first few minutes of the day where you're still coming out of dream state you know there's a lot going on with you Um, and give it to yourself and and then start you know building on that simple habit some other things that you like whether that's meditation or like reflecting on work or prioritizing work but take that time really because you deserve it
0: Awesome. Awesome. I think that's perfect advice. Actually just focusing more on the behaviors and the the mindset, the mental aspect um, that actually affects your work life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've covered a lot of interesting topics relating to digital therapeutics, physician burnout um, and what you guys are doing over at resilient doctor and that program you guys are putting together. And um and working with doctors with. Um, But I want to end this episode on a little more lighter note with something I like to call the rapid fire round. So I'll ask you a couple questions, and you just give me whatever answer you come up with, okay? Okay. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite book of all time?
1: I mean, a lot of healthcare books come up,
0: but uh, since it's all time, it has to be Hitchhiker's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. (laughs) Nice, nice. Um, who is the most influential person in your life or career? That has to be Daniel Kraft, Doctor Daniel Kraft,
1: from Exponential Medicine. Um, he his TED talks uh, are the ones that it, it made me even aware that this whole digital health movement is about a, uh, it's like a, a great a tidal wave. So highly, highly encourage anyone that's interested in healthcare technology to follow him,
0: Doctor Daniel Kraft. For sure. Shout out, Doctor Kraft. Um, what is one goal you want to accomplish this year? Uh,
1: my uh, this so this year for 2020, my goal is to improve the um, overall burnout risk and the uh, physical, like all the um, the, the, the biomarkers um, around uh, burnout and risk that are um, that that you know for for the doctors in my cohort we have 12 doctors now so um my goal is to help them hit their goals essentially and um decrease that risk of burnout and um and and from that kind of expanding by the end of the year the the next version of the program to 50 doctors
0: Mm, nice um last one what is one piece of advice you would give to your 20 year old self you can't plan
1: anything, man. <laughs> Corona is going to happen and all your plans are good. so So uh, just take it easy and, and enjoy your days and um, everything's going to come when it needs to.
0: Awesome. I think that's a great way to end today's episode. Omar, I just want to thank you again for uh, joining me today on this episode and kind of just sharing your knowledge, your story, your journey, and the impact that you are trying to create in the healthcare industry, and how you're actually going about doing that. So I just want to say thank you again for jumping on. I found it super valuable, so I know my audience will as well.
1: It's, 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 a, it's a pleasure, Rodney. I really enjoyed talking to you, really enjoyed myself in this uh, podcast. Thanks for your very interesting questions, and uh, I look forward to staying in touch and talking to you again soon.
0: Awesome. And then last but not least, before we go, where can people connect with you and where can people learn more about what you're working on?
1: Yeah, you can, um, if you're a doctor and you're interested in assessing your risk for burnout or our programs, which are being run virtually uh, anywhere in the world, you can go to resilient.doctor and just make sure it's com. And um, you can also do an assessment on our website uh, and it will send you a personalized report with your risk for burnout. Um, I'm happy to connect uh, with um, any of you that think this, uh, that care about this topic or just want to talk about some of the things that uh, Rodney and I have been discussing. Um, You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, My LinkedIn profile is shaker, S-H-A-K-E-R 118 um and and my first name is omar last name is shaker uh you can also reach out to me uh via email on uh, omar o-m-a-r at uh, asha a-s-h-a dot health Uh, and i'm happy to provide you with some of the links to rodney so that you can um, include them in some of the platforms i look forward to connecting with you all and uh thanks again for this opportunity rodney
0: Yeah, no problem. We'll definitely include all the links in the show notes in the descriptions below. Um, But other than that, thank you again. And that concludes today's episode. I'll catch you guys on the next one.